Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. Your Peugeot car or van might benefit from a free software upgrade. For more information and to find out if this applies to your vehicle, call the lads in Slattery's Garage, puck on on 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Thanks, Pat. Uh, I was speaking to Councillor Michael Murphy in uh, the last hour about the possibility of a compulsory purchase order um, being a solution to a marketplace and the dereliction there. One of our listeners on to say, council issuing a CPO on a derelict property uh, like this is only good news if they have long-term use for it. Temporary County Council are guilty as any property owner when it comes to dereliction of property. For example, the hostel and courthouse in Bridewell in a Tipperary town, and I'm sure there's many properties in other towns too, says one of our listeners. Well, in fairness, Michael did come up with some uh, ideas for the uh, site, the possibility of a retirement uh, village, for example. Uh, Councillor Anne-Marie Ryan was on to say that a compulsory sale order is a better mechanism, and this is where the onus is on the owner to sell the site if they have left it vacant for over uh, two years, and Anne-Marie believes that a CPO is very cumbersome, and wondering would Fine Gael support the introduction of a CSO as a national policy? So there you go, that's in from Councillor Anne-Marie Ryan, who's in the Tipperary Town. Maybe that's something we can tease out in other programming. But right now it's time to uh, say hello online to uh, uh, Muriel Cuddy, uh, who is CEO, of course, of Marito 8020, the clinic in Clanmel. Muriel, good morning to you. Morning, Fran. How are you today? I'm very well indeed. Good to talk to you, Muriel. You're going to talk to us about weight loss and maybe losing weight quickly. Now, I know that's not ideal, but it can be necessary in some cases, can it not? Yeah, um, it's funny. So I'm getting a lot of this lately. And of course, this is September, um, Fran. So like I said, September is often the January reset. So a lot of people have put on weight over the summer. So like a stone weight or stone and a half weight or whatever. And they panic. And I actually had one girl that came to me early August. So we're in early into the end of September now, but she had six weeks um, to get to it. She had a wedding, a family wedding, close family wedding. She bought her outfit last January, February, and mm-hmm. um, had just over a stone weight on. And of course, the outfit wouldn't fit. She spent a small fortune on it. And she said to me, let's call her Tracy. So Tracy said to me, Muriel, I've got to lose a stone in a month. Oops. I have, that's my time scale or whatever. Uh, what can I do? So this frightens me a little, as in, like, it's a large amount of weight. Mm. And you don't want to put somebody into the wrong mindset, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, you know, I always talk about, like, slow and steady and do it right, etc. And, um, you know, and we sat down and I said, right, it's possible, but there's steps that you'll have to follow with me to see whether we can do it or not. Mm. Okay. So, yes, she was in a space that this has to be done. So of course, I'm going to do anything um, that I have to do to do it. So she lost £13.5 rand. Um, in the space of 33 days. So just, right? on, so just slightly under a stone, wow. Yeah, half a pound under the stone, yeah. But for me, it wasn't just losing weight. It was actually then, can we maintain this now? Yeah. So can this stay off? So there was five steps involved, right? And I'm just going to talk you through the five steps and how we actually done it and how it was possible to do it, right? Okay. Yeah. And this is, for me, it's for life. So yes, to lose the stone, but it's really important to get across to people. You've got to maintain this. So this mm-hmm. is not a yo-yo thing, this is a quick fix or whatever. So number one, we had to work on a metabolism. So we had to switch her metabolism on. It, obvious, it was obvious to me it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Our gut health wasn't where it needed to be. So that was number one. I had to literally sit down, go through her diet and eliminate any chemicals, any preservatives, any sugar, and of course stress. 
So anything at all that would have affected our gut microbiome, we had to sit down and work on. So even the stress coming up to the wedding, mm. we had to put parameters in place to say, right, at this time you need to walk. At this time you need to take a break. So any um, triggers for her that were there during the day, we had to work on them and say, right, okay, what are we going to do about that and what are we going to do about this? Yes. Right? So we put that programme in place, first of all. Then we introduced like a really clean, simple um, diet. And when I say macronutrients, I'm talking about carbohydrates, proteins and fats. But we cleaned it up and we introduced 15 foods. So that was just really simple, as in porridge, wheat bricks, brown bread, um, over-the-ground veg, loads and loads of fruit, really good fruit, um, essential fat and protein. I can talk to you about that in a second. You can ask me whatever questions. Um, and then the other thing was, if you don't do it right, and this is really important for anyone listening, right? Mm. Um, if you don't do it right, you can change your appetite gut hormones for up to a year, Okay. So if you decide to go on a yo-yo diet and you're just going to do like um, a complete fast, are you going to go off one type of food? Are you going to live on one type of food? You change your appetite hormones that the regain of weight will happen or you'll have increased appetite afterwards. So you know you lose weight and you lose like a stone, a stone and a half. And next thing you lose the stone and a half becomes two stone back on. Yeah, sure. The yeah. brain, like the leptin and grenadine hormones in your brain, will literally fight with you for you to regain that weight and actually regain more so it's back to a safer place because it's in a happy place when the weight is there because it's getting its dopamine, etc., and its feel-good hormone hit, and that's what it wants. So for the gut, that's number one when you're trying to lose weight. Mm. Number two then is, especially for women, you have to check the hormone health because you'll have things like water retention, fluid retention, etc. So we do that by doing the blood profile. So we just make sure that everything is where it needs to be. The third piece then is the body analysis. Your basic basal metabolic rates, the pieces you hate is in the machine and doing your age and everything. Mm. That piece has to happen, right? Now, you can do this simply at home, but you have to understand the control of your energy balance and how not to regain the weight. Yes. So that's really important. So where is your BMR? If you want to do it at home, so your basal metabolic rate is how many calories you can eat every day at rest without even getting out of, out of bed. So there's a certain amount of body needs just to be alive, right? So mm. for some people, that can be 1,300 calories. For other people, that can be like... 16 or 17. To do it simply at home, if um, you have a pen, you're simply multiplying your body weight in pounds by 12 to 15. So say if you have, um, um, uh, what would you say, a small body type, mm. a low level of muscle, um, you don't have um, a very active life, you're sedentary, you know, you don't do a lot of exercise, whatever, you're multiplying your body weight by 12. But then if you are more active or you're a man or you're bigger, you can go up to about 15. So that'll give your basal, your basic calories, which would be 1,600 or 1,800 a day. So yes. then you know, and the very basic is a calorie in a calorie in versus a calorie out. All calories are not the same, but they are units of energy. So if we're taking in too many units of energy, we are going to gain weight. So to know that figure is very handy, even though we don't focus on it, right? Mm. And then the next piece then is, I suppose, the um, education on the psychology side, the physiology side and the nutrition piece. That has to happen, and that happened with her every single day. So that was literally like, what's happening? How do you feel? What's your eating? What's in it? Um, and, and it was literally, we worked literally from the protein breakfast on the satiety side. So what do you eat at breakfast time that's going to satiate your appetite right through until lunchtime? Why would you have a protein-rich breakfast? So if, if you don't know what protein is, guys, it's literally you're eating eggs and you're eating anything that's like um, dairy, fish, meat, things like that at breakfast mm. time. Because that fills you up for longer. So if you put that along with like essential fat, which are your good fats, that drives down inflammation in the body. And the two together, that's a superfood breakfast. 
um, eggs and avocado on brown bread. That's a super breakfast. Oh, you can have, have the brown bread with that. Yes, yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely, right. and that's fibre. So, okay. like, you need fibre for satiety as well. Mm. So, if you have three foods like that for breakfast, Fran, so even if you have like oats or wheat bix, mm. um, you have your milk, berries, and then you put your seeds on as your essential fat piece. Again, that's a double satiety breakfast, if not a triple, as in you the essential fat, you have the protein piece, and you have the um, fibre piece, which are the oats. And all three not only help you keep fill, stay full for longer, but they also maintain muscle mass. So, if I have somebody in here and they're losing body fat, they can't lose muscle mass with it. They have to maintain that because that's your body structure. Yes. So that's the lovely shape that's underneath, you know, the bone, the muscle. And if that starts depleting while you're losing weight, it's a complete negative effect and your um, metabolism is actually going to go down that you can eat less. So we have to keep that where it's at, right? Mm-hmm. So that breakfast should keep you full until lunchtime, mm-hmm. okay? You need to stay full until lunchtime and we don't need the drip, drip feed effect. And I've, how many times have I said that? But you don't need to stay eating food all day long. So, like, even when you're on, on radio here, you can't do anything the three hours time. You can't eat or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't think about food. And that's really good. When you're off radio, I don't know whether you think about it more, that, you know, it's in your head or the sugar cravings are there or whatever, because your mind isn't focused. That's the focus that people need to get, as in, I'm busy. My gut has to rest, reset, restore. There are three words, and I'd write them up across something, that you're looking at it all the time. Once you eat your breakfast, give it a chance to rest. Mm. Give it a chance to reset. Give it a chance to use what you've put into it. And then you can restore it again. So the next meal then is your lunch. So it has, has been given it three or four hours and it's delighted. And it's gone on. And then your next meal is your evening meal. And then if you want to have something at night time, yes, you can. So she followed these steps. And she had a breakfast early morning. She didn't have anything at lunchtime. She had a lunch. She didn't have anything at the evening time. And when she sat down at night, she was allowed to have her dark chocolate and her nuts or whatever. So that was her, her last piece. She mm. had to drink loads of water. So your water piece is just massive because water increases your um, RES, which is your resting energy expenditure. So that increases your your um, calorie burn by up to 30% in 10 minutes of drinking it. So like, that's massive, you know. So that's just by drinking water. You can increase that by 30%. So she had to have her two litres of water every day. And that I didn't allow it to come from green tea or I didn't allow it to come from coffee or anything else. It had to just be water. water. Yes. Just plain water. No alcohol. So there was no alcohol for a month. Okay. Right. So, so your your usual but, notion of eighty twenty, where you can have your weekends to have a little. You, this was rather strict because of what she wanted to do, yes. I guess. Muriel, yes. was that yes. it? Yeah. yeah. In in some instances, um, if somebody comes in and there's an intolerance issue, and I can actually see their body is really breaking down because it's the food within the body or a few foods that are really affecting them, then the eighty twenty has to go out the window, mm. and I'm like, this has to be a hundred percent. And if you if you're able to buy into it. We'll go on, go ahead with it right this minute. But if you're not, we leave it be until you are, because mm. 100% is 100%. And um, for, for Tracy, it was 100%. If you can't buy into it for the total 100% of the month, it's not going to work. You know, you mm. might get two or three pounds or whatever. You get the usual a pound and a half a week. But if you can buy into it and we can do it really well, and I can work with you on this, that we can maintain it. Because for me, it can't be a stone off now and a stone back on. In a month's time. Of course, yeah. To be shown off How did she buy into it? I mean, did she immediately take to this or was it a struggle for her, Muriel? Um, I suppose um, the hour that we'd done, the first hour, I had to do a second hour within, say, 48 hours, there or thereabouts. Because to actually take in the amount of information that's there, Fran, there's a yes. lot of information, yeah. So by the time she had gone away and done her first, done her shop, got her bits together, whatever, and got her mindset right. She was back to me then with a list of questions. 
So the second hour was literally, so the first hour we had to do blood profile and that kind of thing mm. and body analysis and everything. And, and at the second time, it was horror questions. So it was more instead of me um, interviewing her, it was mm. her interviewing me. Why am I doing this? What, what, what am I doing next? How does this work? And it was the education piece and the support after that is in. She had my number and she took pictures of things and said, listen, is this okay? And we were ruling out different um, additives and that and things. And I suppose it was the simplified piece as well, Fran, as in there was only 15 foods there or thereabouts um, that were, were going to be eaten for the yes. month. So it was only just 15 really good foods. Now, she'd message, she messaged and said, Muriel, am I out of an apple? Or very simple stuff, you know, that I didn't have on the list already. And I was like, of course you can have an apple, yeah. But uh, it was basically 15 good foods, Fran, which made it very easy. Yes. Then, really and Muriel, would you, you you spoke to us there about breakfast. Give us an idea about lunch then, for example. Yes. Just just, just some, So lunch at this yeah. time of the year for me would be it was all the salads up till all the rain and misery mm. and yeah. cold that we got this week. Now we're gone on to soups, things like that. So any kind of a really good soup and there's loads of them out there if you're not able to make your own you mm. know like I could reel off a plethora of names but I'm not going to but mm. most supermarkets even have a really good own brand range yeah. so if you look at them and if the first ingredient is something like water and then you see like carrots, parsnips, onions whatever you know that's a decent soup most of the tomato soups are fairly okay if they don't have any added sugars most of the minestrones there's a lot of good soups out there's bone broth there's different things there now mm. that are brilliant so this is the time of year for soup and that's two minutes like to, to really eat right. the other thing that I do at this time of year is your flask is back out again so whatever you're doing for dinner the night before I've said that a million times so things like stir fries anything like that inside in the flask and brings with you that's like a lunch you remember years ago our dinner was at dinner time mm. and I suppose at supper time Yes. if you can have a dinner at dinner time you're doing really well so if you're in that position that you can actually eat your potatoes, veg and meat, or even if it's rice or whatever it is, and you can have that at lunchtime. You've all day to burn that off. And then in the evening time, you can have something smaller. Mm. In the evening time, then you're talking about like scrambled egg or maybe it's your soup then or whatever. Or you're not often to say to somebody in the evening, if you don't have time or you're just tired, something like your wheat bix of porridge yes. is really good, you know. But for, for um, Tracy, we stuck to salads and soups. We knew exactly what was in it. So our salad literally contained um, either chicken salmon, tuna, um, tinned salmon, something along those lines that we had really good protein and essential fat. We cooked a chicken next version olive oil. And then we only added in four or five salads. So we gave a got a chance that there wasn't a huge amount of food or a huge variety of food really in one meal. So we had things like beetroot, uh, some form of lettuce, onion, um, um, eggs sometimes if she hadn't had it for breakfast, avocado if she hadn't had it for breakfast. So we had really good foods stated her again until tea time mm. and she wasn't allowed to have her bread. Now sometimes we put in um, baby potatoes mm. they were just done the evening before in the air fryer little Himalayan salt and black pepper they were instead of the bread so that was her carbohydrate piece that filled her and she had enough in that then that she was actually happy until um, tea time. Now, if she wanted something in between she was allowed a handful of nuts mm. like her walnuts or you know the bigger nuts and pistachio or something along those lines but she never wanted them because she was having enough at lunchtime. And by the time she had four or five days done, Fran, she could actually feel information was gone down herself. She said to me, my rings are fitting, top up and I'm not hanging out over it anymore. She's like, I'm feeling better. And that's what I get from so many people. Like in the first five or six days, when the inflammation piece goes down, you start feeling so much better. You don't want to even think about going back to the bad stuff because you feel too good, regardless of the weight. And when you say feel, so emotionally in her head, she was feeling better as well. Is that? Oh, that she was feeling a million percent better. Yeah. Like the weight piece was a big thing in relation to the outfit and that. But like 
the feel side is in your brain. Like she had said to me, you know, I feel miserable. Mm. I can't concentrate. The brain fog piece is there. On and off headaches, things like that. And like I knew then her gut wasn't good anyway. But when that piece starts coming to that you start feeling, your mind starts feeling better. Mindset gets stronger then day by day because you're able to do it. Yes. So like the results piece then is the next, like we, we done weekly, she came in here for us to get the stats, etc. And I focus more on visceral fat and body fat and muscle mass than I do on weight because that's the driver for me mm. and the weight comes with it. But if you don't focus on a, on a number that, that's a weight figure, it doesn't actually go into somebody's head and it kind of comes off unbeknownst to them, if that makes sense. And I'm very yes. much don't focus on numbers because if you focus on numbers, that's, the, oh my God, weighing scales. Like I say to so many people that come in here, women especially, please put it into the bottom of the hot press under something you've never taken out in the last 15 years or take batteries out of it. Yes. Hate weighing scales because they drive people cracked. They, they literally set somebody up for the day in a good or bad mood. Of course, of course it does indeed. Can I, can I be very ungentlemanly and ask yes. you roughly what age Tracy is? Uh, 45. 45, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So like right, right in the middle, kind of, Yeah. if that makes sense, you know. And like, this is something, I suppose, for me, I haven't done something like this in such a small space of time. Um, and, and I was so adamant about getting it right that I can keep it going. And now we're like another four weeks in and she's actually down another four or five pounds or whatever, a little bit more since then, um, because she's on the right track and because she feels so well. And, you know, I've done two... Uh, talk this week on nutrition because we're back into September, Fran. Mm. You know, you ask me all the time about the factors. What, why are we all heavy? Why, yes. like, there's so yeah. many, you know? And, like, mm. they say um, in Western Europe, an average man, so the same age actually as, as Tracy, 45 year old male, consumes 1.24 million calories yearly, right? In Western Europe. Mm. The average American 45 year old male consumes 1.38 million calories a year. Right? So that's about a ton of food for an, an American a year, right? You're supposed to consume just over a million calories, 1.02 or something like that. Mm. So there's like 20 million calories too many in Western Europe wow. for the average man in, in, in middle-aged years or whatever being consumed. And like the 68% people classified as obese in America, and we are flying along behind that. That's classified obese, and that's not overweight. This is obese. Like they yeah. say, obese, yeah. yeah. And they say it's one of the greatest problems facing the human race. That's like in every single piece of research that's coming out because of the knock-on effect on the obesity-related diseases, etc. So we have to get a handle on it. But the 10 factors, so they've come up with 110 factors, right? Mm. But these are grouped into like eight categories. So what are the reasons? I suppose they're all the reasons that I've spoken about down through time, but they were what we've worked on with Tracy for the last month. So the first one, yes, we talked spoke about, about organics, but food production is massive. Like how our food is being produced, what's in it, you know, what's being pumped into it or injected yeah. into it or whatever. The second piece is food consumption. So like our portion sizes are definitely too big. That's one of the things, you know, what's in it is one piece, but what's actually size and they're getting bigger and bigger. Like I've even seen like, even going to the chipper, like if you get your takeaway, mm. the bag isn't full up to the very top. People are looking in and saying like, what if I have like chips? No, I'm not going back there again. So our eyes, we eat visually, definitely with our eyes, but our eyes are bigger than our belly a lot of the time. Even when you get it, you don't eat it all, you know. You were uh, very you were very quick yeah. to say as well when you initially uh, met with uh, Tracy that alcohol was out completely. Yeah. Um, did yeah. she find that difficult? Was she fond of it at last every so often? Or? Yeah, she, um, two to three, if not four nights a week, she had a glass of wine. Right, a, a glass. No, it was a, a, if not two. Okay, right. You know, um, 
stressed a lot. She's in a, like a very stressful job and, yeah. and children and the whole lot, that's all there, you know. But um, yeah, so that was a big piece of it for us. Yes. That she wasn't going to drink at night, but we put the walk, etc. in. And we put mm. the parameters around that, like I said, that we had to find things to help her get over course, the different yeah. points of her day that were. And you know, we think alcohol is a come down, Fran, but mm. like a glass of wine in the evening or two glasses of wine in the evening, the first one works, mm. but it only works for maybe half an hour. And then you need the second one. The second one doesn't really work to the same extent that the first one works. And then you go to bed. And when you're in bed, if you've had any level of alcohol at all, you will wake by two o'clock in the morning. Oh, I know. You will have intermittent sleep overnight. Yes, it really, so really like, affects your sleep, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, totally, yeah. So, like, if you can actually, you figure out the nights that you don't have alcohol and you actually monitor your sleep, etc., you will actually go into a much deeper sleep mm. and you will wake up refreshed. And that was one of the pieces she said to me as well. She had found she wasn't sleeping at all, like she was floating around the house at two or three o'clock in the morning. Now she's actually sleeping again. So she's waking up at five o'clock or half five and she said she's waking up feeling like she's able to cope and able to face the day. Right. So, so, so what started out as, uh, forgive me for saying so, as a vanity project really is a change of lifestyle. Yeah, and I knew that. I knew yeah. when I sat across from her and what we were going to take on would be that. But like, it's that for everyone, Fran, but if the mindset isn't right, it's like an alcoholic and you've done all that piece over the last month or six weeks. With so many, and you know the devastation any addiction causes in any family or whatever. But um, when a person has the mindset to change for whatever reason, it changes every aspect of the lifestyle. It just makes such a difference that you can come around to the right way to do things instead of doing things half right. When you're doing things half right, you're only functioning on half empty, or half full, whichever way you want to look at it. But you're not getting the full effect if that makes sense. You know. So when she was able to do it fully, she even said to me like. I'm definitely not going to drink at home again. It's gone. So when I'm going to have a drink now in the future, I'm going to make sure that I go out with the girls or I do something nice for myself and I enjoy it. It's actually some form of, um, you know, the social aspect uh, as well as the relaxation piece. But I'm not going to use it at home anymore. I'll do something else instead. And that for me was win-win if we didn't do anything else. Yes. And how did she take to the exercising, for example, to the walking and stuff? Yeah, so um, that was different. So this is different for a lot of people, right? Mm. Um, she was already fittish and loved training or whatever, so would have done team sports ah, okay. going back through the years. So the exercise piece for her hadn't happened in the last couple of years because there was a succession of babies and all of that kind of thing. She was um, ready to get back into exercise and wanted to do the next level of it. So I was able to introduce in her world a little bit of fish work, as in we were able to do like uh, walk a pole, run a pole, and then we put in even after two weeks, like the sprint or whatever. Mm. So she was able to take it up to the next level. Uh, for a lot of people, you can't do that. And for a lot of people, like, it's just walking and even walking uphill and just being slightly out of breath. And if you're doing that and you're slightly out of breath, that'll benefit you as much as her hit training would with her sprint. Because that's what it took to get her out of breath, if that makes sense. It does. But you yeah, have yeah. to do a walk, Fran, yes. or any form of exercise if you're slightly out of breath for a certain length of time. Because that means you're actually working your cardiovascular system properly, and and you're pushing your your whole your whole yeah, it's, it, it's very interesting, but I know that you would be at pains to point out, Muriel, that you know losing weight very very quickly, unsupervised or without a proper plan, is not the thing. Sure, it's not. In fact, you it's can't very, do it. Very unhealthy you know, as well. As did, you, did you the piece I said there in the beginning? And, yeah. and listen to that piece. Like, do it right, or you will change the appetite gut hormones up to a year. 
Yes. So you will change what's happening within your gut for up to a year, which means you will get your you will increase your appetite afterwards, and the regain of weight will be actually be more. So unless you do it right, that all the steps are in place, and the steps we put in place, like even if it's not a stone in a month, if it's six to eight pounds in a month, and um, you should this is these are the right steps. So I try and do it softly with people because we have to live a life and we're stressed and yes. all of that piece is there and it's very hard to go at it 100%. But if you can do it at 100%, Fran, that's the right way to do it. Because you're cleaning up every single element of your life. If you're able to do that piece, for me, that's amazing. Like, yeah, that's a complete life change. Well, is it, wouldn't that be fantastic for, for, for people listening? I'm sure a lot of people out there are inspired by that story. Muriel, if people want to talk to you, um, how can they do that? Yes, it's uh, 52 614881 or All right, Muriel, great to talk to you as always. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you. Good morning to you. That's uh, Muriel Cuddy and uh, Muriel is CEO of Marito 8020, the clinic in Clanmel. 1800-938-007. Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecone, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecone, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie